0: You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. I'm Jessica Lynn Verde, and this is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for January 29th. A young Darth Vader, the many faces of Peter Sellers, and the international communist conspiracy to sap and impurify all our precious bodily fluids? That's right. Today marks the release of Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. Based on the novel Red Alert, Dr. Strangelove tells the story of a crazed U.S. Air Force Brigadier General who orders a nuclear attack on the Soviet Union with Wing Attack Plan R, essentially an emergency plan where a high-ranking military official can order a nuclear strike if his superiors have already succumbed to a nuclear attack. Of course, in the film, his superiors aren't gone, and it's a scramble to call back the attacking planes before they drop their bombs and trigger a Soviet doomsday machine. Now, that might sound like the ingredients for a pretty compelling thriller, and originally, it was. The film began as a pretty faithful adaption of Red Alert, which was a serious drama. But as Kubrick puts it, as he was writing the film, he began to see the inherent comedy in Mutually Assured Destruction. Kind of a weird flex, but it worked. And Dr. Strangelove is widely considered one of the best black comedies ever made. But there's more to the story of its release date. You see, Dr. Strangelove was initially slated for a holiday season release at the end of 1963, but ended up having to be pushed back for a very good reason. What was the reason? Find out in a few. Born on this day in 1948... Actor Mark Singer. In 1982, he starred in the fantasy film Beastmaster, and the very next year, he was resistance fighter Mike Donovan holding back reptilian alien invaders in the hit NBC miniseries V. The first test screening of Dr. Strangelove, just a few weeks before its premiere, was November 22, 1963, the very same day President John F. Kennedy was assassinated. As funny as Kubrick may find nuclear war, he realized the public might not be in a mood for a darkly comedic film, so it was pushed back to the end of January. It's not the only effect it had on the film. There's a scene in which Slim Pickens as Major T.J. King Kong is going through a survival kit and quips, a fella could have a pretty good weekend in Dallas with all that stuff. But it's dubbed to have him say a pretty good weekend in Vegas, as Dallas is where JFK was shot. Finally, there was originally a pie fight scene in the war room at the end of the film. In that scene, after the president is hit by a pie, George C. Scott's General Turgidson exclaims, Gentlemen, our gallant young president has been struck down in his prime. Now, technically, Kubrick had already cut the scene from the film, as he didn't feel it quite worked how he wanted. But Columbia Pictures made it very clear that scene was to stay cut, understandably. When the final movie came out, it was a box office and critical hit. It was a brilliant lampooning of so many of the military and political tropes of the 50s and 60s. It had timeless jokes that still land today, and it had brilliant performances from its cast. Well, technically, George C. Scott was tricked into his performance and swore to never work with Kubrick again, because Kubrick had Scott perform an over-the-top take to warm up before doing the real takes, all the while planning to just use the -the over-the-top take in the final edit. But after a bit of time, Scott ended up loving his performance and considered it one of his favorite roles. The only people that really hated the film when it came out were the military politicians who condemned it for being implausible and ridiculous. Then we found out a couple decades later that they were so angry because it was true. Military generals really could launch nuclear attacks without authorization. And the Soviet Union really was working on a doomsday machine of sorts. There's no confirmation yet on any fluoridation conspiracies, though. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for January 29th. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. Executive producer Rod Roddenberry. This is a Roddenberry Podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.